following podcast contains spoilers and rude words. We watch Hello everybody and welcome back to We Watched A Thing for another week of fun. This week I've got a great guest and an interesting movie to chat about. I was looking forward to this one for a while. Please welcome Mr. David Rosen from Piecing It Together. How you doing, mate? I am great and uh, I'm excited to talk about this uh, movie. <laughs> Me <laughs> That's what Me it too. is. It's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I. this was really highly anticipated for me. And I, I think it was for you too. When I reached out to you a couple of months ago to say, hey, what do you want to hop on? This, this almost immediately you jumped back with. Um, were you looking forward to this one? I was like so cautiously optimistic like because like there's so many things about this movie that i was excited about but i i thought the trailers stunk and so that's why i was like i didn't i really didn't know what to expect but (laughs) i mean brad pitt awesome aaron taylor johnson brian tyree henry yeah um david litch i mean not batting a thousand when it comes to movies he's directed but movies that he's involved with like overall so many you know exciting fun action things um you know i i was definitely excited and hopeful Yeah, yeah. So we are, of course, talking about Bullet Train, which is a 2022 American action comedy film starring, as you said, Brad Pitt. Uh, It's directed by David Leach, based on a screenplay by Zach Olowitz that's adapted from a Japanese manga. And let me ask you this. What is it about, David? Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) It's about a bullet train that is uh, speeding around, and there's a whole bunch of uh, hitmen, assassins, if you will, uh, on this train that are all kind of after the same thing, but they also have their own histories with one another, and they uh, end up getting in bloody battles with each other (laughs) on this train, and all kinds of hell breaks loose, and there's a lot of quippiness throughout. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into what we thought of the movie, I just have to ask you this, because I know that you saw this with your dad, right? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> did did he like this movie? What were his thoughts walking out of it? <laughs> he felt roughly the same as me, which which is to say he turned to me about 20 minutes into the movie and gave me a big thumbs down. And right. then yeah. <laughs> it kind of redeemed itself as it went along. And we both felt it got so much better in the second half. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't really happen a lot. Like, uh, usually if a movie is, you know, that bad in the first 20, 30 minutes, it's like yeah. you're kind of like just waiting for it to end. But this yeah. movie really does, like, get pretty fun as it goes along. Well, that, that's good. I think it sounds like we maybe had a bit of a similar experience, though. But I, I have to say, I think mine was a little more negative. Like, yeah. like I said, I was – I don't watch trailers, so I hadn't seen any trailers for this film. But, you know – I knew the premise. I knew the cast. I was like, yes, this sounds excellent. I was really excited walking in there. Yeah. And when I, I think the thing for me is I don't think this film ever gets as fun as the film thinks it is. Sure. Like, I think that this film really thinks it's having a lot of fun. But for the most part, a lot of that falls flat for me. And there are some really great action sequences. And, and I agree that in the back half when things start to get truly outrageous, that's mm-hmm. when for me it works better. Yeah, but I, I'm kind of middling on this film in the oh, end. I think absolutely middling. Like I, I forget if you do a star rating by the end of this yeah, uh, conversation. Yeah. yeah, okay. So I'll, I'll save that for later. But let's just <laughs> say middle, middling. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's get straight into it then. Um, Brad Pitt, 
excellent in the film, I think. I think that sure. most of the cast actually are, are really, really great. Brian Tyree Henry is a standout for me, and I think the chemistry between him and Aaron Taylor-Johnson worked especially well. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts on the cast? Yeah, I mean, I would say the the biggest compliment you could give this movie is that it really does seem like everyone's having a good time making it, yep. and all these actors are having a blast, and, you know... It, it definitely leans too heavily on the whole, you know, winking at the camera and everybody being so proud of themselves for, you know, <laughs> making such a hilarious movie, quote unquote, you know. Yeah. Um, but they, they're clearly having a good time and, and that does come off the screen a little bit. So that yeah. at least, you know, that's where most of the fun comes from, I think. Yeah. Yeah. This might sound a little bit silly because he's obviously the lead. I was surprised that there's quite a few large chunks of this film where Brad Pitt's not in it. In fact, the first half hour where you said that both you and your dad were a little bit like, ooh, I don't know about this. I wonder if part of that is because there's that first half hour he's maybe in about 10 minutes of. Right. Um, And I, I think that for a film like this, yes, it is very clearly an ensemble and there is a lot of that going on. I still feel like you need one central thread because especially in that half hour, I kind of felt like it was this going to make me sound dumb. I felt like it was a little bit hard to follow at times because there are so many threads that, you know, at a certain point they start to connect quite loosely even. But that first half hour, I was like, whoa, hang on, wait. So what is this flashback now? <laughs> did did right. you have the same experience or is that just me because I'd had a few drinks? <laughs> no, that is absolutely, I think, everybody's experience because, yeah, yeah I, I think that they're just trying to do too much in this movie. I mean, yeah. yes, all of the characters and their backstories do come together by the end. And, you know, good on the writer and on David Litch for making it all work out, you know, when it comes down to it. But this movie at two hours and ten minutes is it's way too long it didn't mm. need quite as much of of all of these characters and their little like you know character beats and backstories yeah. and histories and all that stuff none of it necessarily pays off enough for yeah. it all to yep. be there it feels like you've got the uh blu-ray deleted scenes like still yep. stitched into the movie you know yeah, I agree. As much as I enjoyed the stuff with the snake, uh, for me, the Hornet doesn't need to be in this film. She's in one scene. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, at two hours, ten minutes, I did feel the runtime of this film. And I think for a film that is supposed to be a fun, mindless action, not only is supposed to be, that's, like you said, it's almost winking at the camera saying, look at how outrageous we are. I just don't think this runtime is warranted. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, Jaja Beats is great, but she her character is completely unnecessary here. Yeah. Um, I I don't know about Joey King either. Um, yeah, yep. You know, like, and even though the, that does become a big central drive of the plot towards the end of the movie, um, her whole trying to get back at her dad thing, like, that, that still also feels like kind of... Like they spend way too much time on on the mystery of her character, on the not yes. knowing what her plan is. Whereas, you know, I, I almost would have liked a cartoonishly evil like Joey King, like just yep. showing up yep. and like telling her plan immediately, and then let's get on with the movie. You know? Yeah, same. Yeah. On cast uh, again, I, I've not seen any of the trailers, so I was not expecting any of the cameos that popped up in the film did you know for example that channing tatum and ryan reynolds were in this film at some point 
So I certainly knew uh, Sandra Bullock was going to be in it because they right. did spoil that in the second trailer. Um, okay. Yeah, they they showed these two trailers like every time I went to the movies over the last <laughs> six months. So I, that that was part of why I kind of had fatigue on on that trailer. But yeah. um, no, not not to Channing Tatum, um, which was definitely a fun little reveal. And plus, with uh, the Lost City earlier this year that the three of them were in uh, together, yeah. that like was like a fun little callback. And that movie is surprisingly fun. Um, I, yeah. I had a good time with the Lost City. Um, also, Dang, not yeah. great, great, but I would say better than Bullet Train. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I was not expecting the little Ryan Reynolds uh, guest appearance, but, you know, that's like he literally could have done that on a webcam. Like, that's how short Yeah, yeah, because he, he didn't even speak, did he? No, there was no, no line or anything. It was just, you know, oh, Ryan Reynolds is the guy <laughs> that uh, Brad Pitt yeah. had to step in for. So it, that, that was a funny little bit. Um, it, it feels like any of these kind of movies Ryan Reynolds can show up for <laughs> for like, yeah. you know, 30 minutes and get his pay. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. As long as, long as we're talking about uh, cameos, though, uh, you know, my favorite of the bunch that I didn't know was going to happen, uh, The White Death turned out to be, um, and we might as well just say it since we're talking about all the cameos here, it was Michael Shannon. And yeah. um, there was a moment, I, I tweeted about this the other day, actually, uh, partially inspired by having just seen Bullet Train, but there was a moment like five years ago or something where Michael Shannon was in every movie, and yeah. every movie he was in, he was the best part was, of the movie. Yeah. This is yeah. like a callback to that moment five years ago. Like, he was so yeah. funny in this and like so ridiculous as this like Russian guy who came up through the ranks of like you know yeah. the yakuza or whatever like all yeah, kinds of like yeah, crazy yeah. shit and uh yeah he's just such a ridiculous character and uh michael shannon has such intensity to him that it was really Dumb. fun to see him yes he yeah. plays a great bad guy and it was awesome to see him like you say have that more comedic spin on it but yeah. i think what really worked for me about him is that he was one of the few people that i felt wasn't wasn't doing it with a wink at the camera. He wasn't yeah. going, look how outrageous I am as a character. He was playing it almost very straight, and that's yep. what made it so funny. Um, and, and I feel like Brad Pitt actually was doing the same thing, which was why he worked very well for me in this film. Yeah. Absolutely. And Aaron Taylor Johnson too. I feel like yeah, um, oh, absolutely true. Yeah, I, I feel like it's the it's pretty much the rest of the cast that is like you know totally. Uh, I don't know, playing Halloween dress up almost, yeah. and like you know, like check this out, guys. You know, yeah, yeah. Where where were you on the um the running gags? For example, the the Thomas the Tank Engine stuff, which I actually found very funny. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was definitely, I mean, the theater I was in was all laughing at that. So, I mean, it certainly worked. It, it also is part of that running time of like, you know, do we need the 17th Thomas the Tank Engine monologue? I, yeah, I don't know. Yep. <laughs> it was a yep. little bit much. Uh, although Brian Tyree Henry delivering that in that like crazy thick British accent that, you yep. know, <laughs> I don't know where he came, came up with that accent, but uh, that, that definitely works at least. It was funny. Yeah, yeah. See, for me, it was those little personality traits. Like, for example, the movie was at its best for me when it really played into that gag about Brad Pitt's luck. Like, the funniest action scene in the whole film for me was 
what, that first time he tries to get off the train and mm-hmm. the Mexican guy comes on, they have that fight, he throws the knife at him and it just bounces off the suitcase and stabs himself. Oh, yeah. I just wish that the movie had leaned into more of those kind of moments where the comedy was kind of natural and related to the, the characteristics of these people as opposed to just, I, I, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, it, it seems like it wanted to be uh, goofy fun, but also yeah. like uh, Tarantino, Guy Ritchie, Joe Carnahan yes, kind of thing think- also at the same time. And it's like having yeah. its cake and eat it too. Like it should have been more of just a live action cartoon almost. I, I agree. It almost didn't know whether it wanted to be Fast and Furious or Snatch. And it's yeah. like, so yeah. it ends up in this weird kind of middle ground where only half of it ends up landing. You know, when it really leans into one of those two things, it works. But I don't think it does that quite enough. Yeah, absolutely. i got to ask you this, because you're obviously, you're you're a big music guy. Um, For those who don't know, you're a composer. You've composed for, you know, short films and stuff. I usually really notice score, and I kind of get ragged on this show for a bit because I always bring it up. I really did not notice the score in this film at all. I mean, there's the few moments where there's bits of soundtrack where we have a couple of, of songs that play, and I thought for the most part they worked. Did you did you notice the score at all in this film? I didn't notice the score at all, actually, now that you mention it. Like, yeah. I, I was going to say, like, as soon as you started bringing that up, like, it was mostly songs. Yeah. And, and I think there were some score, like, kind of, like, bridging it together, but it was mostly, like... And again, this like kind of brings you back to, you know, Guy Ritchie or Tarantino or something like yeah, that. It's exactly. like, yeah. you know, these, these like, like digging in the crates kind of record picks that like, you know, are used semi-ironically, but also just because they sound cool, you know? And yeah. it's, it's more like just like finding those kinds of songs to soundtrack the thing. And that kind of adds to that whole, you know, winking at the audience kind of thing that it was going for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I I kind of feel a little bit like we are in an age at the moment where that has been overdone a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, like when you think back to, you know, you brought up Tarantino, perfect example. You look at Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs, obviously, I think is sure. the best example of the soundtrack really. And it's almost a character in that film because of the way it's done through the the radio station and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I think ever since, I think the first- and I actually liked it in this film, but Guardians of the Galaxy was mm-hmm. another one where it was tied in through that character of the mixtape and stuff. But since that film, I think it's been overdone in action a little bit. Yeah. Um, obviously, we got, you know, right after Guardians, there was Suicide Squad, which famously just crammed in whatever songs it could. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I don't remember the score in this. I kind of probably only really remember two of the songs that played as well. And apart from that, I feel like they're just kind of there. Sure. Um, so I can't say I loved the soundtrack for this film. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. N- none of those songs like specifically stood out to me. Um, yeah. It's just going for a vibe of just like, you know, just like a really cool vibe, which I don't know if that necessarily uh, matches the setting. I guess the, uh, was it Staying Alive? The uh, Yeah, uh, yeah, that was yeah. in Japanese. I remember yeah, that one. Yeah, the Japanese yeah. Staying Alive. So so that that matched, like that fit, and that was also in the trailer, by the way. But, um, right, yep. Which I, I don't like that. I, I don't like when they use the song in the trailer and then it's like, it shows up in the first scene in the movie and it's like, oh, we're back to the trailer again, <laughs> you know so at least did like bury it later in the movie or something yeah you know? but, yeah 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 well okay so you just brought up the the vibe and the 
the setting and the aesthetic and stuff. I'd love to talk about that because I think, uh, like, I, I w- part of the reason I was really excited for this film is because I love a film that goes for something stylistically. Mm. And I think I was expecting a little bit more of that from this film to have kind of a unique style. You know, that it's a colourful film to an extent, but I think I was expecting really over the top. Like, I, I almost, I guess, pictured, like, and this isn't a great film, but Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, which obviously goes very much into its aesthetic. Yeah. Um, did you like the overall look of this film? I mean, I didn't think it was bad necessarily, but I think that's also inherently a problem with setting an entire film on a train. Like, there's yeah. not that much room to, like, you know, try different things. Anytime yeah. they exit the train, it looks really cool. You know, all the neon colors and everything kind of yeah. brought you back to Atomic Blonde a little bit or yeah. maybe uh, yeah. John Wick 3 or, you know, something like that. Um, but yeah, once they're on the train, which is of that two hours and 10 minutes, probably like an hour and 45 minutes of the movie. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a train, you know, that's basically what it is. It's, it's you're, you're on a train the whole time. Yeah, you're right. I, th- I think they did a pretty good job of, you know, they mentioned early on there's, I think, 16 carriages and um, you know, completely unlike a real train, every carriage yeah. does kind of have its own look, which yeah. is kind of cool. And they do use a lot of colored lighting and stuff. Um, but it, yeah, I think you're probably right. I didn't really make that connection. But given that it is all really in this one location, um, it does really limit the kind of style that I think the film can and probably should have had. Yeah. yeah, it would have been fun if they had leaned more into that whole idea of each of the cars and the train having like a different look to them. Um, yeah. that, it kind of brings me back to uh, the new Doctor Strange movie, which, you know, much love to Sam Raimi, but um, that we're going to these different multiverses and it's like, oh, yeah. and this one green is red and red is green. <laughs> like, yeah. it, like, use some imagination, you know, like yeah, use something know. like yeah. different, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, at least we got Pizza Papa, but like, you know, there's... They should have, like, you know, gone a little crazier with, with the imagination of what those different multiverses could have been. And the same here with the cars. They could have been, like, totally, like, themed out or something. Almost yeah. like video game levels. Yeah, well, I, I guess that's the thing. I guess, you know, when I talk about that style and aesthetic, I actually am one of the few people in the world who does not like this film. But Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is is a perfect example where it really leans into what it's doing. And I think this could have done that. You know, like, it's based on... Among Us, like, we could really play with some kind of visual flares, and yeah. I guess I just would have liked a little bit more of that. Yeah, um, and and you should give Scott Pilgrim vs. the World another chance, by the way. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. I think, it, not to get off track, but, you know, that's what we do here on this show. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think the thing for me was I was such a fan of the graphic novels. Okay. And yeah. so I was really, really disappointed um, because- I actually, I think while it is going for something stylistically, it's not really linked to its origin. Mm. Um, And just the story for me, you know, like, I know it's hard when you're condensing six books into one film, but for me, they focused on the wrong part of the story. Interesting. Um, but, okay. You know, I could see. I could see how that would be disappointing. Yeah, because I yeah. came into it like not knowing anything about it. So yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, just before we move on from the setting, you know, we're probably not the right guys to really talk about this. But I have to ask, there was a lot of controversy around the film and its whitewashing of the characters um, Mm. being based on, you know, a Japanese story and still set in Japan, but with very, very few Japanese characters. Yeah. 
is that something that you noticed? I mean, it, it does seem like a, you know, they tried to make it a pretty multicultural story, but of course our main hero is Brad Pitt, you know, yeah. you know, so <laughs> it's kind of, you know, kind of a moot point at that point, but, uh, you know, I don't know. They, there's there's definitely a, a variety to to the characters and the actors, and so yeah. I mean, I, I feel like they at least tried. You know. Yeah, I agree. And you know, the writer of the original story came out saying that, you know, he sees it as a very universal story, and you know, it's it's a manga. These characters are, I guess, kind of whatever you imagine them to be. So, um, yeah, it it wasn't something that I noticed, and I, I thought the cast was for the most part, so good that it didn't bother me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like, you know, we want our unhinged killers to be, uh, you know, portrayed by the right, you know, people. Like, it's kind of a funny yeah. thing to put your stamp on, you know? You know, speaking of unhin- unhinged killers, uh, apart from Brad Pitt's kind of whole luck gimmick, I-, I really loved that he, you know, he didn't take a gun with him on the train. Mm-hmm. He wasn't, you know, and he was all... The- <laughs> The joke that I found the funniest in the film was when he was talking to, oh, who was it? Oh, when he was talking to Joey King at the end, he's like, you know, I've got some books that you should read. Maybe, you know, like growing up with, you know, uh, you know, behavior, personality disorders, like just, (laughs) I I loved that whole shtick. That was very funny. (laughs) Yeah. He's on his own like soul searching journey (laughs) and, uh, and and that's, that's a fun bit and it's kind of like a throwback. I feel like we did more of those things like in the nineties almost like, you know, you go to Pulp Fiction even, uh, you know, it was Samuel Jackson's character, like, or you could go to like a straight up comedy, like analyze this or something like a exactly yeah. i go into yeah. going you know therapy um i, I yeah it's kind of weird that we're like back to that but it yeah you know, it, it's it's pretty funny though yeah yeah i would say that like you know and and i brought up uh uh, the Lost Kingdom earlier as well, another movie that, you know, the, these actors were in, um, or The Lost City, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, both of these movies, they are kind of throwbacks to that kind of just fun action movie that isn't really Marvelified too much. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah. they're still quippy, which I guess, you know, kind of brings you into the whole Marvel thing, but, but it is its own story and it, yeah. you know, it does feel completely closed off and it, it doesn't feel like we're setting up a universe or anything. It just seems like we're just uh, trying to have a quick little fun, like over the top action movie. And that's one of the things I liked about it. I, I wouldn't really expect it to go. Now I I don't know how the uh, the manga or or whatever like if there's like many other books that they could go yeah. adapting if this was a hit, which it doesn't look like it's gonna be. But uh, you know, I I it still feels like a self contained thing, which is yeah. a nice thing to see nowadays because that's yeah, most things definitely. aren't that you know absolutely. I mean, even things in this genre now like i think honestly the closest thing to this and some people are probably going to get mad at me for this comparison but i think the closest thing is fast and furious like just Mm -hmm. that over the top outrageous action and that has become so much of a soap opera by this point yeah you're right it's so nice and refreshing to go and see a film that's just that's it it's a contained story um you know i think it's a little bit ambitious and its runtime is a little bit long but yeah that was that was really nice um yeah Absolutely. And w- one of the reasons also that I'm I'm kind of like almost 
going easy on this movie, even though it's not that good necessarily, <laughs> it yeah. is there's a lot of traits that it shares with a lot of these like Netflix action movies like Red Notice and, and stuff oh, yeah. like that. And those movies are just abysmal, you know? They're just <laughs> they're so bad. And like they're so clearly every frame of them is to set up these like shared universes that oh, yeah. that yeah. nobody wants, nobody asked for. And they're just, you know, we're talking about all the winking to the camera and where it's just, you know, celebrities just being on a green screen and winking and, yep. and like, that's all those movies are. And this, yeah. it, it, at least there, it feels like there's the slightest bit of substance there. And, and it's, yeah. I, it, it, it's not big praise on my part, but it just feels like better than what we've been getting a lot of in this particular genre lately. I, I agree. I definitely think this is an, an elevated version of what we typically see in this genre. I think that the dialogue, for starters, is better than what we sure. usually get. I wouldn't yeah. go so far as to say the screenplay is better. <laughs> like, I think that, you know, narratively, I still think there's some problems. I think particularly, um, I mean, it's obvious with any movie like this, you have to suspend disbelief. And that's absolutely fine. If you're the kind of person who can't just watch a silly action scene and have fun with that, I think the problem is you the, more than the movie typically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is it's restrained in some ways. They're not flying any cars into space and they're mm-hmm. not, uh, you know, they're not blowing up all of um, Prague like in The Grey Man recently. But... <laughs> You know, I'm impressed you remember a single scene from the Gray Man. It's all gone already. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the action scenes in this film Mm -hmm. just before we go. Where were you on the action in the film? The choreography, the the violence, the all of that. I mean, generally speaking, it was a bit of a mixed bag because not all of them really stood out too well. But I mean, there there was some good stuff though, like. The the whole like ending sequence was very fun and you know just the big over the top stuff. The the part you mentioned earlier with uh, is it uh, Bad Bunny uh, his character that w- that was good. All the stuff yeah. with Michael Shannon was good, um, and just you know Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry, the two of them just really sold all of their action beats. Whether it was fighting Definitely. with Brad Pitt or fighting with other people on the train, like they they were just really into it, and that kind of helps to sell everything. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think there's you know there's more good than bad when it comes to the action sequences, and that's really what you're watching this movie for. Hundred percent. I mean, there are a lot of action sequences in this film, like to varying degrees. Some of them are much more small and intimate. Some of them are giant and over the top. Like, but I would say that you're probably not going more than ten minutes in this film without some kind of action set piece, even if it's small. Um, And I think for the most part, they work. For me, I actually prefer the smaller, intimate ones, which surprised me because I'm here for over the top, you know, completely ridiculous action but like i said i don't think this film ever really got to that point where it was as fun as it thought it was being i don't think it was ever as over the top as i was hoping for so i actually really preferred those smaller you know like when it is just brad pitt and aaron taylor johnson and and brian tyree henry like just the three of them kind of or like i mentioned earlier that scene with him and the guy in the the suitcase where he stabs himself like for me those sequences actually worked much better Mm -hmm. but yeah nothing to complain about with the action i think it was all shot very well i think the choreography was well there was never any time where i found it hard to follow the action which is typically a problem with action films (laughs) sure yeah absolutely and i i felt 
kind of the same way with Atomic Blonde, actually, speaking of David Lee's yeah. other films. Like, yeah. you know, like it, whenever it was action, great. Very, yeah. You know, a lot of fun, a lot of style, a lot of great yeah, choreography. Yeah. Yeah. Rest of the story, eh, you know, I, I could do without, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but the action was great. Um, Hobbs and Shaw was definitely a misstep, but um, <laughs> yeah. the less we talk about that one, you know. But, oh, my uh, God, that is literally one of the worst movies I've seen in the last 10 years. Yeah, and I and I love the Fast and Furious movies. They're so stupid and so yeah. fun and ridiculous, but, but that was a huge misstep for everyone involved. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, yep. yeah, yeah. I I actually really liked Atomic Blonde. I need to revisit that because I only saw it the once, but I remember really having fun with that film. Yeah, like, like I said, I anytime action was happening, it was it was great. It was the rest of it just kind of lost me a little bit, but um, yeah, definitely the action and and I think they're making a straight up sequel like with David yeah, Leach right. and everything. Oh, yeah, cool. So that that'll be cool if that yeah. um that comes out sometime soon. Um, and of course, Deadpool too, you know, that's, you know, it's Deadpool. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fun. Yeah. So all in all, how are you scoring bullet train out of 10? I feel like five is too low, yeah. but six is too high. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go with a six, but, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm just feeling generous, you know? I, I had the exact same argument in my head and I also landed on a six because, yeah, I, I agree. I feel like five is too low for what this is. Like, this isn't, it's not a bad movie by any stretch. Mm. It's just, yeah. and I didn't, I didn't walk out of there regretting my time at the cinema. Like, I had right. a fun time. It was date night. My wife enjoyed this more than I did even. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so I'm landing on a six. I think it's a totally fine movie. I don't know that you need to go see this at the cinemas. Um but it's worth a watch at some point. If you like an action movie, chances are you'll like this to some extent, I think. Yeah, absolutely. There's enough fun to be had. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me, mate. Can you tell everybody about piecing it together or any of the other things that you do and where they can find you? Sure. Well, uh, Piecing It Together is a podcast about movies and the movies that inspired them. Uh, we'll be covering Bullet Train coming up soon, and we'll talk about, I'm sure, Carnahan and Tarantino and Matthew <laughs> yeah. Vaughn and you know all all those things. Guy Ritchie. So uh, yeah, we get into all the movies that inspired uh, current movies, and uh, you can find it at piecingpod.com or on all the socials at piecingpod. And uh, I actually have a new single coming out. I like oh, you said nice. earlier, I, I am a composer, and uh, yeah, it's under my name, David Rosen. Uh, the single is called Antiviral. There's a music video as well. Uh, you can find that and all my other music at by David Rosen. Awesome. Nice. I'll check that out for sure. I'd highly recommend piecing it together. It's a great podcast. If you if you really love film, which I'm sure you do if you're listening to this, unless you just like hearing me talk nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's, it's really cool. Like you say, going back at those puzzle pieces of, you know, what various films were kind of inspired by. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. No worries. All right. Next week, I will be joined by Damien Robb of the wonderful Scaredy Boys podcast. We're going to be finally be getting to Nope, which I know that you've already done on your show. That came out, what, about a month ago in the States? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and I love Nope. So yeah. I'm excited to hear what you guys thought. Yeah. Well, we are finally getting it here uh, this week. So very looking awesome. forward to that. And the week after that, I'll be chatting Prey with uh, Sam Hurley from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs, if all goes to plan. So, 
All right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething, and I'll catch you next week. Oh,